It's party time, Mom. Welcome to another crazy episode of the Chad Prather Show here in the Mothership, which is Studio 22, coming to you from these Blaze Studios. The Puppet Master, Mark Tate, is sitting over there at the helm, making sure we all look good, sound good, and that you are able to enjoy this show without interruption and pure quality programming. Puppet Master, thank you for doing what you do. You you don't say a lot. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You don't say a lot of things, <laughs> and, and you get to sit over there with Candice, the queen of the Ethiopians. That's right. Yeah. Candice, I'm excited today. I'm excited because I'm, I'm a little bit nervous, and I'm trying to channel that energy into something else. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because we're sitting in studio with a couple of guys who could kill us, and we wouldn't even know we're dead. And exactly. I love that. The energy in the room. It's, I, it really it feels it's vibrant with death. It really, really, really <laughs> it's nice. is. It really kills. Best-selling author Jack Carr is hanging out over here in the pub with the pub, with Party Foul Steve. Thanks for hanging around, man. Absolutely. Thanks for thanks for keeping me around. Absolutely. You're always <laughs> welcome here. The Terminal List, uh, True Believer, coming out in the spring. You got the Savage, Savage Sun. Sun is going to be as long as the Department of Defense says okay with all the the verbiage that's in there. That is right. Make that sure is right. You, and if you thought that those books had a little uh, some blacked out lines in there oh. that they were nervous about, your your next guest here has even even more lines oh, blacked out in his. It's pretty <laughs> amazing. Know. Let me tell you something. Party foul. We got this. This I love doing these episodes where we 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 talk about how party foul Steve is an underachiever because we bring people in here who have done so much. Sitting over here in the hot seat, Clint Emerson, retired Navy SEAL, author of the best-selling 100 Deadly Skills. Who wouldn't want to read a book like that? I, I ask myself the same question all the time. It is the most popular book, though, sitting next to a man's toilet, and I'm proud of that. <laughs> hey, bathroom books are the best way to go. Yeah, I know. You learn so much. That's what they keep telling me. They're like, hey, quit trying to make, you know, when you're writing a book, quit trying to make the chapters so long. Just make them toilet reading. That's right. And I, I added pictures just so that it makes it That's even perfect. easier. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Marines can read that. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing that jumped into my head was right. this is going to be a great one for you. We always That's- say that. If you eat crayons, this book is for you. That's yeah. why our buddy Matt Best uh, with Black Rifle Coffee, when he wrote his book, Thank You for My Service, it immediately debuted number one on the best selling for, uh, for the audiobooks. I, I was like, because nobody's re- nobody can read it. I mean, he was like 14 on the reading list. Nobody- <laughs> did, did he read his own book? I don't think he wrote his own book. <laughs> I, I just read mine the other day. <laughs> Don't read your own book. I did I mine, and it was like a, a whole other new kind of torture that I've never been subjected to before. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, Jack and I were talking about on a prior episode, and one he was on, and, and we, we were talking about Scott Husing when he wrote Echo and Ramadi. He said, I never read a book till I wrote mine. And I, I said, <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can sort of relate to that in yeah, terms of me too. You know, Marines, but whatever. It's all good stuff. All right. 100 Deadly skills i love it now you it's funny because i got an email about you that's how we got connected and you're you're an interesting cat man Hmm. and and i i want to hear some stuff here because the only navy seal ever inducted into the international spy museum you like i think that when brad thor came up with the character for scott harveth Mm -hmm. who is who was a navy seal and then goes into the CIA and the Secret Service, and then he's the all these other special things, you know, the black ops and stuff. I'm like, I think they based that character off of you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean this, like, yeah. you, you know, it's, I mean, uh, there's some sexy stuff to it for sure. But yeah, I don't know if we go. I don't know if fiction. What, what do you think? Does is it sound fiction better, is better than, than our reality? world or less than? 
And yeah, I just love the fiction stuff because that's what uh, that I grew up with. And then after doing the real stuff for so long, I wanted to transition back to what I did and what I loved reading <laughs> yeah. growing up because it gives me that freedom to uh, to make stuff up. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And not, got, and not get redacted. And not get <laughs> not, redacted. Not as much yeah. anyway. Yeah. Don't get blacked out. <laughs> that, right. But it's funny. I, you, you, I just read through this thing, and in this, the phrasing on a lot of this stuff is so funny. Talking about, you know, specializing in missions that took advantage of subterfuge, improvisation, the best in recon, surveillance tech to combat the changing global battlefield. That sounds pretty major. It does. But this is what I love. MacGyvering everyday objects. And fellow SEALs referred to his activities as special. I like that. <laughs> I don't know who wrote that, but it sounds it's good. Perfect. You're right. it it's a technical perfect. term. Technical term. It's, it's, yeah. it's special. It sounds and, cool. And, and if that doesn't sum it up for you, I don't know what would. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's uh, the next. The next book lays out some uh, pretty cool stuff that um, follows what is old tradition in the SEAL community, and that is like a naked warrior philosophy, mm-hmm. meaning you should be able to take a guy. And put him overseas and him be able to pull off a mission, but not require a predator, black boxes, and all this cool stuff, right? We want guys to go over and be able to do it, leveraging the resources in their environment and know how to take any of that technology that already exists off the shelf and convert it into something that could take out a bad guy. Yeah. And so that's it, it's something that is actually nothing new, right? We used to swim into beaches with just our little our little cute little shorts on and a knife, right? And that is a naked warrior concept. Um, and it's just been kind of modified and advanced through education and knowledge. And then you can take it overseas and deploy it, and you get a lot more bang for your buck out of a guy um, in that position. Well, yeah, he's not wearing a bunch of breakable, expensive crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're not wearing body armor and night vision and all that. It's a totally yeah. different world, but it's uh, but it's a whole lot of fun. It's a different kind of mission. Um and it certainly uh, plays a, a pretty decent role uh, behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. How much of that? You know, I'm going to save that question because I'm, I'm going to make some money first. We're sitting here. we got our Black Rifle coffee in here. And I just can smell <laughs> this stuff. And we referred to our friends talking about Matt Best and, and his book, of course, Black Rifle, Evan Hay for those boys. I'm excited because they're a new sponsor for the show, Black Rifle Coffee brand new sponsor to the podcast you couldn't ask for better friends to to be a part of this that's awesome as you know veteran owned and operated premium small batch roast to order coffee company for people who love america they're going to import only the highest quality beans from around the world and always roast to order their coffees for you after you place an order to ensure that you receive the freshest coffee available are you on the regular thing comes in every month bucks a month yeah, I, my mine's house. 60 bucks a month. My <laughs> wife had to have the big barista thing because she was spending a fortune at the Starbucks deal and the in the box stores. And so I bought the thing where she can grind it. So, I mean, I got the I get the AK-47 to come in because that's like their so espresso roast and it'll nice. light you up. It's like it's like just like cocaine. I mean, just saying. <laughs> but they what listen, is cocaine like? I don't know. I've never had it. <laughs> I never had anything <clears throat> like that. But they developed their explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus they learned as military members serving the great country. This great country, all Black Rifle Coffee Company blends are available in whole bean and ground varieties. And they got a lot of roasts available for purchase in single-serve coffee rounds if you use that little Keurig, little dealio. The best way to enjoy this freedom-filled coffee is with the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Look at this mug right here. These guys are making money. 
hand over yeah, fist, making right. videos and movies and all that stuff. Here's the deal. You choose the amount and the blends that you crave, and they offer it to you at a special discounted price. Ship free directly to your home or office every month. This added convenience allows you to keep working hard, making America the land of the free and the home of the brave, and you'll never have to rush the store again, and you'll stay awake because it's coffee. So wake up to America's coffee by going to the Black Rifle Coffee, going to blackriflecoffee.com slash watch chat. I'm so excited to have that promo code, Candice. So excited to have that promo code. Enter the discount code WATCHCHAD when you go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Receive 20% off your first order of any coffee products, including Black Rifle Coffee Club. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com slash WATCHCHAD. All right. They are so good that they made it into the pages of all three novels. That's how good Black Rifle is. I noticed noticed that in the first one. Got that. I noticed that that one in the first one, and I've noticed them kind of getting the shout-outs here and there in some of the newer things. Silencer Smooth is my uh, my favorite. Silencer Smooth. We get the huge bag every month. Whatever that biggest one is. That's what I get. a body bag. That's the one that shows up at our house because it gets a a lot of Silencer Smooth. That's smart. That's smart plugs, right? Fill it with the things you like. Learning. They send you a bag of coffee for having it your book or you know we're on the we're on the club yeah okay. so they got yeah. me they already got me so yeah, yeah see me too <laughs> but evan feel free too, but yeah I evan, hey, there's, evan there's if you want bags yeah. right there nice i'll yeah. take one of those on the way out there they are i mean uh, that's paying off already that's the yeah. God, it smells so good and they do make it fresh it is so yeah. good we grind uh, our own beans too whoa uh, that started out kind of dirty right there what i was gonna say grinding beans. i had to buy steve steve i had to buy him the same coffee maker yep you bought my wife i bought her that last year so. I bought her the same big barista thing that, you know, it, and it comes with a girl who will just grind it up for you. That's yeah. fantastic. Expensive what, right that's there. a good deal Oil right there. Is yeah. what we are now. That's an upsell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so this deal. So what's the, what was the transition? I mean, you decided you're in the military, you're Navy SEAL, and then all of a sudden now you're in special, not only special operations, you're in the CIA. I mean, you're, you're. Not CIA, you're, but you're doing spy work. <laughs> well, because yeah, and I say that people people hear that and they think CIA. CIA is, is kind of in my mind become all bureaucracy these days, and it, it can be challenging for sure at yeah. times. I I was 100 percent active duty, DOD the whole time, mm-hmm. um, but there were different times in the career, uh, especially the last half, where uh, the the global war on terror changed, mm-hmm. and um, Rumsfeld coined a phrase that became a mission. That's fine, fix, finish, and and so that became very popular. And naval special warfare knew that hey, we're really good at the finish, right? That's the kill and the capture. Right. We got that down, but we need to kind of get ahead of this whole fine fix part. Um, and so some smart admirals and some other people. Uh, started doing, you know, some screening and selection and started wanting to build a program that would make us a little smarter on the find and the fixed side of the house. Yeah. Uh, and then it just grew and became a uh, uh, a pretty lethal instrument in the overall mission that you never really hear about. Yeah. He was CIA people. I'm telling you, this guy, I'm telling you, he was CIA. People are like, yeah, well, I was with the company. We know what that means. Yeah. I'm not hiding anything, dude. Yeah. Come on. Okay, don't tell anybody. That's crazy. Yeah. Dropping names, Rumsfeld. <laughs> I like it. But the, you, so the book that's coming out now, it, it's a memoir. And, it, it and is, you, yeah. I mean, you're getting into the down and dirty of, of things that you had to go out and do your special my special shit, yes. Yeah. Uh, I get into, I, I tried to get into a lot of good stuff. Um, and we had to, with attorneys and obviously the Pentagon, yeah. we had to manipulate some things around. But uh, people get the point when they read it. Yeah. Uh, 
what all was going on. Yeah, without a doubt. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was great to be part of something from the beginning, of something new and fresh in the community, um, and not only just get to help build it, but also get to implement it overseas. It was just awesome. Yeah. How long, so Jack and I, we were talking about this, how long it takes for him to get DOD approval whenever he's writing a book. Mm-hmm. Have you, have you had to, does it take a minute? The first one, 100 Deadly Skills, which has been four or five years now, it was pretty quick. It was four months. Yeah. Uh, this last one was 10 months. Wow. So, yeah. It's, and, uh, and the name of the book is kind of the right kind of crazy. And as it's described here, unlike any military memoir you've ever read, you're a pretty straightforward dude. I mean, you're just kind of right there at it. And I, I love some of these <laughs> Some of these things about uh, if you're if you're not a uh, oh if you aren't cheating you aren't trying right it's only illegal if you get caught I love that yeah that's, that's my kinda, that's kind of my motto in life is your book. <laughs> just because you did it don't mean you guilty that's right <laughs> <laughs> and that is a culture that's unfortunately going away so this book really harnesses in more of an old school yeah. thought process old school kind of they're not even allowed to say if you're not cheating you're not trying anymore yeah. They don't. It, it's kind of gone to the wayside because they feel like that messes with ethics and morality. Yeah, yeah. It used I, to be the uh, kind of the mantra of buds of the training yeah. program that we went through. It was uh, that was what was repeated more so than the only easy day was yesterday, which is printed there above the grinder that we talked about. And uh, this one, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That was that was really kind of the unofficial mantra of yeah. SEAL training of buds. But yeah, you're right. They did yeah. change that. Tried to get away from that and move on to a uh, a new generation of warrior. Right. They created, to, they created an ethos. To softer, take kinder, place. gentler warrior. That's right. You used to hear "kill them all, let God sort them out." I haven't heard that in 20 years right used to be on t-shirts and i think that's one of the things that that people kind of fell in love with mattis when they when they made him the secretary of defense because he was one of those lay waste kind of guys and then when you had the obama administration it was like okay we're going to go in here we're going to conduct this mission well let's check this list off and let's make sure let's make sure they're okay with it before we show up and let's make sure we have some air clearance over for the drones and i mean you know it was just bureaucracy it was all these different Mm -hmm. things instead of and I talk about you know, we we laugh with our good comedian friend Michael Loftus because he tells a story about you go back to the Revolutionary War. You know, here were these guys wearing red coats and they're going to line up on the battlefield all in formation and they're wearing these big black hats. And you know, he he does his little accent. He's like elbows in. We're going to sashay at the wrist and we got a little drummer boy. His name is Randy. He's very Randy. And you know, and we're gonna we're gonna marshal our forces. We'll be there tomorrow on the battlefield. And then all of a sudden, you got this guy with a squirrel on his head. Who's like, I don't like the way you're talking to me. Bam. And he runs off <laughs> in the woods. He's like, that's not fair fight. You know, this isn't this isn't the rules of engagement. Right. But in these days we're trying to keep these rules rather than just going in and, and being like, let's just let's do what we gotta do. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Right. Ideally that's kind of the the way to go and that mentality is really, I mean, it, it's kind of a double edged sword, I'll admit, right? It, yeah. You you that mentality is what makes I would say naval special warfare, the SEAL community, great, but it can also get us in trouble too. Because the book is all about the fact that if you if you live, breathe, train, and deploy, and it's all risk based, mm-hmm. then some of that risk is naturally going to bleed over into your personal life. And for some guys, it's hookers and cocaine, and mm-hmm. others, it's you know, it could be you know, substance abuse. Um, but the reality is, is when you go hard like that, you're going to have that residual impact on their 
personal life, the decisions and everything. And like I said at the beginning, this book is full of, you know, bad decisions make great stories. And so right. it's blended with it's not really your typical military memoir because a lot of folks try to concentrate on operations. What I do is I tell you the operation, then I tell you the funny <laughs> that goes on in the middle of it yeah. that most people don't get to hear about. Now, when you say hookers, does the CIA have an angle on getting the better hookers, or are we still kind of – we'll talk about that when we yeah. get out of here. Yeah, don't look at me like that, Jack Carr. Don't you judge me, Park City, Utah. Uh, I'm taking notes here, but it's uh, – yeah. I think uh, there's a whole section of the book uh, about sexpionage, I think. For those, uh, that's right. I don't know if that's true or not. So, but, uh, Social engineering is yeah. what it's called. Yeah. 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 So, so as a member of the CIA, uh, Clint, how, how, do, how do you feel about a new female James Bond coming out anyway? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're doing that. Yeah. For, we have to wait. They're holding, there's some surprises in there, we're told. So this yes. might be disinformation, as, uh, mm. as we call it, uh, in the trade. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens when it actually hits the screens. Transgender. Well, yeah, yeah, it can work like, both ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never Literally. know what he she's going to wake up with in the morning. Yeah. Just identify you know? as you. I want an apple teeny shaken. <laughs> Delicious, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I mean, anyway, but back to the point. Yeah, I I think that it might you know my kind of crazy. I mean, when you if, if when you the right <laughs> kind of crazy, crazy, the right kind of crazy. Yeah. There is a because you you allude to a point of of. You, it is. It's got to be the right kind of crazy. Because what yeah. is somebody going to come home with? What are they going to come no, back yeah. with? Uh, I mean, you're, you're training herpes, people. Yeah. You're training people with a purpose. Uh-huh. That purpose is to, uh, you know, it, it, you know, find fix. It, it, you're killing people. Right. I mean, that's that's the goal. It that if you're sent out on that mission, it is to take care of business, come home alive, do accomplish that mission. Uh, what what are people coming home with? And obviously, we know we say it tongue in cheek, but obviously, there's a lot of men and women coming home with a lot of crazy things that are going on in their head. Yeah, they of course, and I, I I tend to joke about it. Yeah, and sometimes I wonder if I believe it. But if you look at like anybody in special operations who like to shoot, like to jump out of planes, like to blow things up, actually wish for a firefight. Yeah. You know, and not many people do that. Right. And so right. I tend to joke, but I think we're kind of getting close to the truth on the fact that we're all like highly functioning sociopaths to a certain degree. Yeah. You know, and some guys probably push over into the, the psychopath world. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but it does take a certain breed, a certain kind of crazy to actually desire that stuff, you know, and that's the difference between uh, the guys that we work with and then any other guy right you're they they're looking at us like we're crazy because we're wanting to do this stuff and and then to top it off the pinnacle right the climax of any guy's career is to get to pull the trigger in war Mm -hmm. we're probably one of the very few occupations on this planet that wishes for war like let's go do this right because it'll be great it'll be fun you know we get to do what we've been training for and it gives your career value right because there's plenty of guys that went 20 30 years and did not get to pull the trigger in anger right they just sat and waited but anybody who came in you know before or right after there right around 9 11 then they got their fair share of fun and uh and i think that's the big thing is we we actually consider it fun we actually look at it as you know the greatest job on earth where other people would go no thanks yeah yeah and i don't say it lightly when i talk about you know, from a live stage, I talk about one of the things that makes this country incredible. And, and in my opinion, the greatest is you've got men and women willing to put on a uniform 
get up every day with a purpose to serve and sac- potentially sacrifice their lives for this. Because they, you know, whether it's itching for a fight or you don't want to get into a fight, but you're willing to go out there and get shot at, yeah, and, and blown up, and 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 then you have these people who have, you know, lost brothers in arms and and lost limbs, and they're like, I want to go back. You know, we've talked to those guys. I'm like, yeah, you're you're a certain kind of crazy. Yeah, you kind of itch for it, right? <laughs> yeah, you wanna you wanna do more. What I found interesting personally is I came in because I wanted to do the fun stuff, yeah. the shooting, the jumping, all the things that you get to do as part of the job. Um, but then once you're in it for a little while and you see the impact, then that's when real patriotism kicked in, right? Mm-hmm. And then you realize you're doing things for the greater good. You're doing some stuff globally that actually impacts, you know, other people's lives or promotes freedom or democracy. Um, and then you start taking true ownership in it, you know, and I think that's a, that's po- that's, that's something that's popular with everyone. They come in for a specific personal selfish reason. Some people it's a paycheck. Some people it's because they know they'll get health care. Some people they know they get a college education if they do four years. Right. But then once they're sitting in that seat for a little while and they realize that, oh, wow, I'm part of a big machine that's actually doing some pretty cool stuff, not just for, not just for America, but you're doing it for other people too. That's when true patriotism, I think, is is they they're they're actually aware of it. You know, yeah. they I, I, people say it all the time. I want to serve my country. I want this. I want that. But if you really dig, it's because they know there's a GI Bill or hey, if I you know I get a paycheck every two yeah. weeks, no matter what. Um, you have to be sitting in the seat for a little while, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, yeah, now I'm. Now you I'm think that it. you think that mindset changed after nine eleven though, as far as because I know that you know prior to that there were a lot of people who were going in because they were like, well, I really don't have any other options, or I do want a college education, I want the GI Bill, I want whatever, and, and but then nine eleven happens and suddenly there is that sense of yeah. I mean, they're all the way up to the Pat Tillmans of the world that you you think mm-hmm. about, and these guys that are like, okay, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing, and I'm going to fight. Yeah, I think so. I think nine eleven sure increased patriotism but i think we've also noticed that it only lasts for a certain amount of time right and then we all kind of went back to our old ways right um but for me you know being a pre-9-11 guy going in and and then you're showing up to boot camp and you're surrounded by america's finest and you're going what the hell did i just do yeah. <laughs> you know but and yeah. then all of a sudden over time you start to realize what you're really there for you know and when you take party <clears throat> foul steve who, who was supposed to go to prison but yeah. but the judge made him go in the Marines. I had a choice. I mean, th- I yeah, you could prison. I probably would have had each shorter time. <laughs> Either it's, it's pro choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. Well, remember that show right, right when you were in Buds? It came out so right before I went, and it was the Discovery Channel video that they did a three part series back then, and it wasn't. This is uh, mid nineties about mm-hmm. when Discovery Channel did this, and they've done plenty since, and now you can't watch them all. But back then there was very few, and the Discovery Channel the end of it was. Guys on the beach, an instructor climbing up to the top of the berm, and I always remember when I saw it. They said he starts looking out at the horizon as the sun's going down. It's during Hell Week, and someone's like, "What are you? What are you looking for?" And he says, "I'm looking for a war." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that, that quote or yeah. at least that scene. Yeah. Yeah, that one was that one stayed with me from that uh, discovery. That was right before I went in. Oh but, wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool, pretty powerful. Yeah. You're like, hey, let's go jump in uh, cold water and swim 20 miles. <laughs> Got to do that to get to the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's brutal, man. That is brutal. But th- I, I love that. I love that you can kind of come out with with a that sense of humor about it and look at the things oh, yeah. and, and bring that. Do you do you think that because I'm the kind of guy that if I ain't laughing, I, I got to keep laughing or I'm gonna start crying because mm-hmm. you're just one of those. You know, that's how I deal with life and emotion and stress and. Do you feel that humor is your way of dealing with or 
coping with anything, or have you even thought that far into the psychosis? Oh, no, no. I, I, I mean, I don't it. know how far the CIA He's takes like him down into. <laughs> laughing in books, wasn't he? Yeah, you, yeah. You have to. It helps you. I mean, even yeah, combat, too. Say. Humor yeah. is medicine, without a doubt. I yeah. remember I remember in uh, third phase, we're out at San Clemente Island, and uh, I was one of those guys that I tend to, when when stress goes up and and time decreases and you got to start making decisions or start doing things, I tend to smile through it or laugh through it. I've been doing it since I was a kid. I used to get punished because I'd be laughing right. when I was supposed, you know, you seen the movie The Joker? I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, I, I am like that guy. Not as bad, but I should carry around a little card and hand it to people that I'm not being rude right now. I just laugh when I get nervous. So, but yeah, I got funny. the whole class got hammered because I could not drop the smile on my face. You know, the yeah. beginning of Full Metal Jacket, that smirk he has on yeah. his face. You know, he can't get rid of it. I was that guy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's, just always hey, smile through everybody, it, laugh through it, punished. whatever. Yeah. Oh, there's one in every class. <laughs> you got to include that in the next book. I know. I think I will. Come on, Carl. Yeah. I'm taking notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. The the uh, you live. You're in the Dallas area. I am. You yep. know, what what occupies your day to day? I have a crisis management company. Yep. And we do uh, you know everything from cyber threat awareness training all the way to active shooter. So yep. you name it. It's a uh, uh, policy workforce education and then different tools and apps that uh keep you know any organization small or large a little bit safer yeah yeah not the cia no. <coughs> <coughs> yeah they told me to say that Just... <laughs> <laughs> not the company now and, that, and that's uh <laughs> teach them crisis management smile through it just smile that's through right. it. That's, yeah. just learn to laugh yeah. through the whole thing shots just... fired smile exactly. Yeah, exactly i don't know man we we live in a crazy world. We li- we live in a crazy world. I think that social media has made the world a whole lot smaller. The world was already getting pretty small. You know, it used to be it took you a month to get around the world, even longer in cases. But then we got on we could get on an airplane and be in India in seven hours, nine hours. Yeah. Now we got social media that everything is crammed up. Do you think that that's a good thing, bad thing from a security uh, standpoint? Well, from security side of the house, I mean, social media is horrible. It yeah. really is. I mean. When you look at how um, some of the state-sponsored attacks, whether through hacking or, you know, social media has now become that vulnerability because it's in everybody's hand. You yeah. know, it's it, everyone has an account and everybody has a mobile device. So it's uh, all the bad actors that have started figuring out ways to really take advantage of that. And so, yeah, it's a security threat at a personal level. People posting things real time, you know, and then sp- you know, the physical world of stalking has now become very digital. And I yeah. think we all know that. But posting things real time and letting people know exactly where you're at and what you're doing um, just increases your own personal vulnerability. So both at a, you know, at a government national level, it's an issue. And certainly at a personal level, it's an issue, yeah. you know. Which, by the way, go to watchchad.com and catch me out on the road in cities all across America, <laughs> away from home. Know exactly where you're at <laughs> yeah. and what you're you doing. You can find my full schedule, crisscrossing America, 100 cities a year. Now, I, I wonder about that stuff all the time because you look at it and there has to be an element of precaution and, and safety. And there's so many levels of it from the individual to the familial and, and the personal at home and, the, and then all the way up to yeah. the corporate and, and all these different things. And I just have to s- suspect and you you can confirm or deny. But I, I think if the average American really knew the, the crap that was out there 
and what was out. And, and if people really understood, like I see these people in vagina hats in the streets and, you know, <laughs> they get their husbands dressed up like vaginas, which is just an outward expression of what we already knew they were on the inside. And, and you know, they're wiener dogs, and which is ironic. Did right? you say wiener? So, <laughs> you dress your wiener up, dog up like a vagina. It's crazy to me. The, uh, stay classy, America. <laughs> stay classy, America. But you got these people out there, and then the Antifa's in the street. And, and, and I don't think that the average American, these people who have really never been through anything in their life, Mm-mm. they have no idea how much folks in this world want to do us harm. Yeah, I think you're right. They still live in a bubble. And, uh, you know, I used to, when you go overseas, you hear about the ugly American syndrome, and we, have sure. it, we don't even have to leave to have that anymore. Right. You know, and like you said, social media has made borders gray or invisible, really. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can reach out and touch anybody you want anytime you want. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the social side of the house is certainly um, something that, Anyone that has just a fair amount of knowledge could take advantage of someone. Um, and then we've already seen how state-sponsored stuff can redirect elections or yeah. change the minds of uh, people on certain uh, political issues. You name it. You know, it's already been backtracked, proven just through ad campaigns alone. You know, it's not yeah. even people. It's, it's strategic ad placement that can really uh, mess with things. It really can. <clears throat> Steve? You're such an underachiever, dude. You, are you listening? I mean, this is stuff that. But here I am, with you on a podcast, just hanging out with some Navy SEALs. So yeah, I'm big underachieving. Deal. It ain't no big deal. That's what mm-hmm. I do. One hundred deadly skills. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's yeah. that's that's it's, toilet reading right there. It is. That's yeah. what I was saying. It's uh, <laughs> the word deadly has prevented me from being on the shelf at uh, Barnes and Noble. The word deadly has Seriously. prevented some other things. From, yeah, yeah. Because pe- like you said, the wiener dog issue. And, yeah, people are soft. Yeah, they take that. I, you know, if I could go back, would I have changed it? Probably not. But would it have led to more ventures? Yeah. You know, in the time that it's been out, yes. People it, can get it on Amazon. People can get it on Amazon. You get it on the Apple bookstore? You can get it everywhere. You get it everywhere. You can actually get it in bookstores. They just won't put it at the front of the store. They don't put it on the front of the deal. Yeah, I (laughs) read everything digital these days. Like, like I I read everything. I've I've gotten that way just because books that I don't, like, if you buy a book, I have to give it away. Because if I don't give it away, it's going to wind up stacked in my office. And I used to have a collection of 9,000 books. And, like, that's hard to move. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, now you got boxes of stuff. Remember Craigslist? And uh, and stuff like that. So I sold nine thousand books on Craigslist, and uh, it, I might have bought them from you. You my, may have. My wife probably thinks that I did. And then, yeah. then there was a CIA uh, link on Backpage where you could get some really nice hookers. It was great. <laughs> that is not endorsed by not Jack Carr at yeah. all. My yeah. wife is not happy about Trump, that. Part. Trump has got <laughs> Trump has gotten rid of all of that, and mm-hmm. now women are protesting because uh, girls got to make a living, and that's a fact. That's weird, Candace. Get your get your people together, okay? And when I say your people, I'm talking about the gender side, not the color side, okay? Thank you for the Weirdo. clarification. I appreciate that. <laughs> Candice, queen of the Ethiopians. We don't really know where she came from, but I'm giving her an or- origin. That's good, yeah. She could yeah. pass for that. She can deal with it, yeah. The right kind of crazy. That's available? Yet. It's not yet. It's coming out, right? You can, you can, you can pre-order right now. Pre-order. Uh, but it comes out right around Veterans Day on show. That's right. Veterans, you, yeah, Veterans, Veterans Day. Yep. Just a couple I, I of weeks. I'm still thinking about Backpage. Yeah. yeah. No, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. That's it's all. distracting. We're, we're, that's a man. You're being a man. It's okay. Ah, you know, red-blooded yeah. American male. That's I mean, right. I've given literally, like, 
I know I've never given any blood, sweat, or tears for this country, but I've talked about it a lot. That I'm <laughs> That's telling you, I'm, I get a lot of hate mail just for the words. That's it. If you can't do it, promote alone. it, right? That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Just for the words alone, I bring you guys out and be able to promote you guys because God bless you. God bless you for going out there and doing what you've done and what you're doing now, Dad Gum. Well, seals great books. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, you got to do it. I love what Jack does. Huge fan. Clint, I can't wait to sit on a toilet again just to, <laughs> to read that. I'm serious, man. We should do it together. <laughs> you get, like I'm, yeah. my next house. I'm gonna have. We were talking about this last week on an episode about my next house. I'm putting a bidet in. Like I, I'm just that European fancy. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting a bidet in, but I but it's gonna have to have a seat because I'm too lazy to even squat. That's and right. You got to sit down and let the water go. I think you should change your set to two guys sitting on a toilet. Yeah, we should do that. You know, mm-hmm. we should we could take in actually some space over on the other side of the room over here, <laughs> and we could set up uh, two two guys on a pot or or yeah, between two pots, between two pots. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. You're not wearing the deal. I'm not wearing. You got the shirt. party time, mom. That would be kind of fun. We could have we could have a uh, toilet talk, kind of like pillow talk. Yeah, a that's bit. intimate yeah. talks. I mean, but the deal is, you got to pull your pants down. That's the right. Got to got to pull your pants down. Got to have Candace. Why are you shaking your head? This is a fantastic idea. Clint Emerson has given us yeah. gold. Yeah, gold. It'll work. Gonna, I mean, people are driving around cars these days, having podcast. <laughs> I mean, or t- talking, doing video, I know. whatever. Yeah, we should do right. it on a toilet. I mean, a lot of good things being thrown out right now. I'm just taking a minute. Oh, I know. But see, they see. <laughs> I, I I just I blasted uh, Puppet Master's ears when I screamed gold. But the. <laughs> But see, the problem with you, Candice, is you take in information and you just filter it right on out, like you just like right like like through a sick dog. It's just gone. Boom, <laughs> there it is. That's a good visual. I like that. I'm writing yeah, that down too. Damn, <laughs> some great stuff here today. Yeah. I feel like I've been through a sick dog. Yeah, it's like typhoid. That's funny. We're off like a herd of turtles. That's beautiful, man. Get the books. Pre-order. Pre-order the book. This coming out, <laughs> I keep wanting to say my kind of crazy just because you're a nut, yeah, yeah. And, and I know, but the right kind of crazy, yeah. the right kind of crazy. And, of course, anywhere books are sold, you can get 100 Deadly Skills. Uh, I can't wait to read that thing. I can't wait to sit on it. I'm serious. I can't wait to look at the pictures. Yeah. All the books are illustrated. Yep. Even right kind of crazy has got uh, I love it, dude. good illustrations. In I love it. it. Yeah. That's great. You got a website? <clears throat> ClintEmerson.com takes you to my whole little ecosystem. That's a whole deal. Clint Emerson. Connects everything. ClintEmerson.com. Right. Clint with a C. I don't even know any other way that you can do that. You'd be surprised how many people ask me how I spell my name. K-L-Y-N-T. Yeah. I, I saw a video of this guy, and I don't know where he was. He was in an African country, and I couldn't place the accent. I spent 20 years in Africa, and the and this guy was talking about funny names like the ABCD. Uh, and her name was Absidy. Yeah, and then there was the S S S S T, and said, "You know what that name would be? It's Forest, four S's and a T. Forest. It's like and, riddles." And then there was that's too smart for me. It was, I, I can't figure that one out. <laughs> J K M N. The name was J K M N. Their name was Noel. It was J K L. M N, there was no L. 
It was just JKMN. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> restaurant in San Diego. That's, that one, that uh, loses Jordan, me really quick. But yeah. it, Jordan spelled J-R-D-N. I think that's how it's spelled. Yeah. No vowels. I hate American right now. <laughs> I hate Americans. I could go all Love day, it. but that'd be I, racist real quick. <laughs> <laughs> that's some great I, names. People come up with the craziest stuff because we, we just have never been through any. I mean, it's just nuts. What, uh, it's, it's, that's why I'm thankful for people like you guys. That's just right. and Yes, you men. You men. They're men. They're not... There's not cisgender binary. <laughs> They're dudes. We're gonna sit on a toilet together. We're gonna read books together. We're gonna have. We're gonna do mean tweets. Sounds like it, dude stuff. Dude yeah. stuff. A lot of stuff like that. I'm trying. I'm trying to bring back the old school culture that yeah. has gone away. I, the there's something now. to be said about that now. It is, there yeah. is. There's a lot to be said about that. Hazing is good. That that's the thing. Like people look these days and they're like, oh, this bullying culture. What happened to just standing up to the bully and punching him in the face? And if you take your licks, you take your licks. I mean, that's the deal. Right. I mean, and for us, hazing is either for celebration yeah. or correction, right? right? And if it's done right, regardless of which one it is, then it's not a big deal. It just shows it's another form of showing you care about someone. Because yeah. if you never got hazed in the teams, then nobody really gave two about you. Yeah. Even yeah. As, a, as a Marine going through, you know, shellback. Marine, I, I didn't care what it. I wanted to do that. Right, I'll take the hazing. Yeah, I'll eat the it. biscuit. So yeah, a shell on a ship with you know yeah. the the garbage cans full of uh, the leftovers, yeah. and you gotta you know you either get in or eat it. Yeah, God, now you can't the do that anymore. Next week. <laughs> can't do it. Somebody went and got a lawyer because they didn't like it, and then all of a sudden it went away. Everything yeah. goes away because someone lawyered up. You know. I was I was reading an article yesterday where uh, Wesleyan one of the one of the one of the Christian universities in America, the uh, the president of the school had issued a memo because he said if if you're going to be easily offended by everything you hear, don't come here. He said someone came to me, a student came to me, and complained about a chapel service, chapel service, because they had the message had been on First Corinthians thirteen and love and how. You don't love. You're not loving properly and stuff. And this guy was offended for being told that he doesn't love people right. And it's like that. That's where we're at right now. I mean, you want to talk about? And I hate the term, but the snowflake culture. Yeah, yeah. That everybody is just so soft on on things. Yeah, it really is too bad. I mean, as an <clears throat> as an athlete, growing up as an athlete, we did. We had. You know, there were those things that you, you did. And like, if if I'm not doing it to you, then I don't care. Like you said, and. If I'm doing it, I mean, I gotta love you enough to put that much energy in right. taping you yeah. to guys' balls. Effort. Yeah, especially if it's your birthday, you're getting married, any of those types of events. You yeah, know? yeah, you're getting taped up. <laughs> Tabasco pouring down your urethra. Never tell anybody yeah. your birthday in the military. Although Corman <laughs> will find it out because they have your medical records. Yeah, so yeah. Corman will, will go through yeah. that and uh, and make sure that they that they know. And then the, the hazing begins. Yeah. Tabasco but, uh, down your pee pee hole, Steve. Don't, don't make a big deal of it. That just Walk reminds the you to get your blood stripes put on to have your you know. It's like yeah. that's gone. Oh, it's too bad, oh, right? Man. Having your trident pounded into your yeah. chest was—it's one of those moments of pride. Now, I mean, they get it. They, I think they stand in a graduation line and get it handed to them. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, un, it's unfortunate. One of, yeah, one of those great early memories was yeah. getting that thing, and it felt so good. Like you didn't feel that thing going in because you were so excited. Because when we came in, you had to—you didn't get it handed to you. You had to go to your team first and prove yourself on probation to the people yeah. that you'd be going downrange with, and. Bam! When they put that thing in, like up against the Conix box, there was no way to go back any farther. Like that thing was getting yeah. pounded, in, the wings bend around on it because everybody's going through and pounding that thing in. It felt good. Right? It felt great. Well, you guys were hard as a rock. 
Yeah, back then. Yeah, back then. You guys were hard as <laughs> We didn't rock. even have combat boots. We had steel radio tires. We <laughs> duct taped to our feet. <laughs> Barefooted. And it go out the way we started this conversation. We stormed the beach wearing little shorts and a knife in our mouth. In our teeth. That's right. We didn't need anything. We didn't need anything. We didn't need drones. We're naked. Nobody was watching us. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Bushido, baby. Bam. That's right. Bushido. That's it. I love it. All right. We got to go. Clint Emerson, go to clintemerson.com. Get into that realm. You may never come out because <laughs> you get in that rabbit hole. It's going to get interesting. We got everything. We got all the stuff that men need right there. Get the books. Check him out. Follow him. Do all that good stuff. And, of course, Jack Carr, officialjackcar.com. Go get all of his books. And uh, pray the DOD will hurry up and proofread and get through all of that stuff so we can get uh savage son can't wait I'm excited party foul steve selling t-shirts at partyfoundation.com yep. coloring book coming out soon <laughs> <laughs> all right studio 22 catch me on the road watch chad.com love hanging out with you guys go to where podcasts are offered give us a five-star rating it's all we want it's all we deserve and we need it so go out there and tell us all the good things about us that we already know but we want to hear from you so please do that and remember to share the podcast whether on youtube or where you listen with all your friends so this thing will continue to grow. I'm coming for you, Glenn Beck. I love y'all. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.